I wanna rock, rock. Dun, 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 I want to rock. One, two, three. Yes, wrestling. Oh. Welcome, all you Yes Knights, to the only episode 83 of 123 Yes Wrestling There Will Ever Be. I'm Chris. I'm joined with Ed. Winter is here. It came yesterday. It went. It is here. Ed, mind blown. How you doing, man? Well, first of all, I'm happy to be back on 123 Yes Wrestling. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I could make a uh, podcast. I do apologize to all of our Yes Knights, but as Chris has talked about i work for amazon so i'm basically a santa's little helper in fact that's what i feel like i feel like i work for santa's workshop at this point in this point of year so you're you're not going to see wearing me much. green so he's yes, kind of like an elf yeah i i actually am wearing green <laughs> you can be one of santa's I elves a, i do have a riddler headband on because i you know was going for a, you know a jim carrey vibe for this week's episode but uh you know Honestly, it's just it's a crazy job. I don't get much free time, but I'm happy to be recording an episode where, hey, I started watching wrestling again this week. It's been hard to watch now. I know I know I've been saying it because I I got rid of cable kind of because Hulu jacked its price to like 90 bucks. And I was like, I'm not paying 90 bucks for Hulu live. I'll watch the Hulu cut a raw. And then the last couple of weeks I watched the Hulu cut a raw and I was like, man. Raw's pretty good. And then I look up all the stuff they cut out, and I go, that's why Raw was pretty good, because <laughs> they cut out an hour and a half of crap. So, yeah, it's been, it's been I've, I can understand that coming out. But, yeah, now we had Winter is Coming, the big AEW, pretty much pay-per-view last night. That happened, and it's all everywhere. I'm sure most of the people out there, all the yes and are probably already aware of everything we're going to say. But you're here to listen to us talk about it, and we're going to talk about it. We got a lot to talk about, right, Ed? I agree. I mean, uh, you know, some stuff going on. There's, uh, you know, talk of uh, factions, I guess. We were talking before the show about factions, so we'll have a factions section. I think that'll be kind of fun. And uh, Oh, yeah, and we have NXT War Games, which is yes. a good time coming out on yeah. Sunday. So we're going to talk about that. But first, cool. we are going to give in all of our plugs. So make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. Definitely shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, anecdotes, riddles, limericks, anything that makes you happy that you want to share with us. We want to hear it. Outside of that, Ed, we're looking for reviews. This is so much better with another person. How many stars are we looking for? Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Three times. Five stars three times. Pick your favorite three and give us five stars. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment and we'll read it. We like getting those five stars, but we like the comments even more. So definitely hit us up on those things. I think that's all of it. So let's, Ed, we got wrestling. But before we really dive into AEW, even though, and this should only be a couple minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the night's out there. Should only be a minute before we really jump into that because that is the, the beef of our uh, show today, but you said you've been kind of getting back into wrestling. Anything catch your eye with WWE this week or anything, anything that you want to get out of the way? I'll tell you this right now. Um, I have not been watching the WWE product and uh, it's shockingly probably been a couple weeks now, at least since I even put on a WWE show. 
Um, I still follow them like online and things like that, but I'll be honest right now. I feel like I am in some type somewhat of a disgruntled period with them. And it's not just because of the product. It's because of what's been happening behind the scenes. Um, and a lot of the stuff that's coming out, I don't think, uh, talent are being treated as fair as they used to at WWE. And I think it's starting to get a little ugly and I don't think it's going to stop being uglier for a while. So, um, even though I, you know, I'm sure I'll watch it. And I'm I'm not going to just sit here and say I'm not going to watch it. I'm kind of like happy that I made the decision to focus my wrestling energy this week on AEW. And and for anybody who needs more information on the episode, only episode 82 there's ever going to be, or there was that I did, I went through the history of unionization in pro wrestling. So there is a lot of information on that we can, uh, that you can get as well. And I'm not even saying they need a union. Like that's not even like, you know, I'm not, and I don't think that'll ever happen in wrestling, like we've talked about on the podcast. But I just think that, you know, there's certain th- basic things like I think entertainers should be able to do in this day and age because of the internet. And when you take that away from them, I think you're taking away a lot of what they could be doing artistically. So um, I'm sure I'll be fine with WWE, but, you know, I am happy that uh, AJ Styles is going to be fighting uh, for the championship against Drew. I think that'll be an outstanding match. So that did pique my interest. So. I'll probably give Raw a chance and, you know, see if they pull me back in. But, yeah, man, like, uh, it's just been, like, kind of like a tough go for me, like, emotionally with WWE the last couple weeks. And I really can't tell you why. Maybe I should just watch the Hulu cut because then I think I'll be like, oh, man, wrestling's awesome. It's awesome. And then, but it's funny because then you think of the things that you miss. So, like, this week I watched Raw and the Hulu cut and then I said, wait, Retribution wasn't on this show. That's hilarious. And then I go and look through the things and realize Retribution was cut out. All, like, Retribution had, like, three segments on Raw, just all of it gone. Hurt Business, all of it gone. Like, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny. And then, then it turns out that on Monday, both shows seem to be, or both factions seem to be teasing, like, a breakup or dissent in the ranks. So I'm like, man, that's fast for both of those groups to be pretty much showing up at the same time. And in less than six months, both kind of teasing breakups. So then, like I said, I talked a bunch of yesterday about factions. So I know you got some favorite factions. I know you have some thoughts. So before we jump and find out if winter came, we're going to know what does Ed think about factions? What are some of your favorite factions in history or what you got, man? You know, honestly, that's a great question. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this, you know, because honestly, you know, besides AEW, I did positivity about wrestling this week so i'm glad we get to talk about something you know what our podcast is actually about being positive so the um, love baby the love and with that being said um one of my favorite factions that i i really wish would have even done more but i think they did really well with what they had uh is the right to censor um i mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. wanted to rant on them just because I don't know what it, about them that I still love when I watch their old promos and matches and everything, but it was like such a that part of history thing for that to even exist, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like people like that around now may not understand what that was actually what that was supposed to be. And it was supposed to be a rib on censor groups that were going after WWE at the time for their lewd programming. And, you know, it was very offensive. You know, this was like out. This is actually when it was after the Attitude Era and when it really started pushing the envelope till about 2001, 2002, Mm -hmm. where it was like they were just going for shock value every week on TV. And 
And that, but then you had Steven Richards, who was this like, you know, kind of like a hip, like a surfer dude in ECW, but a really good wrestler. Everybody always like, he was probably one of the first indie darlings of the internet era. Like everybody just loved Stevie Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just comes out one day when he's got his, his hair all like clean cut and he's got like the, uh, I always called it the falling down, uh, like white t-shirt, yeah, or yeah, white yeah, button yeah. Up, you know, with a black yeah. necktie and black pants. He's coming out to a siren. Like what the hell is going on? And the yeah. next thing you know, he's ranting about lewd behavior and like, they were all terrible people. And I'm like, Oh, this is brilliant. What is this? And next yeah, thing yeah. you know, it's taking every single raunchy gimmick and like brainwashing them into his cult. And it's like, I don't know. I thought the whole thing was awesome. I wanted to get your thoughts on them too. If you remember well, this group. I, yeah. Why that group worked out so well was because they took characters that you wouldn't think to be in. Like they didn't just take people and like just anybody. Okay. We're not doing anything with you. So you come in and do this kind of like they did with like the straight edge society. Okay. Serena D let's shave your head, throw you in here. Luke Gallows. Let's just shave your head. You're already bald. Just come on in. You know, that's almost seemed like it was the requirement. Let's just see who's bald and we're just going to bring you in this group. Where Right to Censor was taking people like Val Venus, the Godfather, the lewd characters, and they were twisting them and saying, I repent all of my ways and stuff like that. And yeah. you're just like, what? Because you just, when the, like Val Venus joined, I remember, I mean, I'm pretty sure Corey exploded because Val Venus was Corey's guy. Yeah. And to all of a sudden have this porn star. Now he's like right to censor. It's just, it was just a, it was brilliant in that idea of let's take our most outrageous characters and let's turn them, turn them and give those wrestlers a new life with that, as well as something just, like I said, something new to do. And the the funny thing was like, it it exponentially got like worse for me because like of how much I liked this group. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. when uh, at the same time, I think No Mercy came out on Nintendo 64. And, um, no mercy. You, it, I mean, any wrestling fan will tell you it's probably the greatest video game of all time. And I'm, I'm pretty much can agree that it's one of the best wrestling video games I've ever played. But, um, one of the things I remember the most is the big show like was going to be in the game, but then he had like a contract dispute. So like, I guess they had to remove him from the game, like pretty much at the final development. So hmm. all of a sudden in the story mode, instead of big show, it was Stevie Richards of right to censor, like in all these main event parts of the story. Like you, you fight Stevie Richards for the WWE title at one point. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, this is great. Like this is, yeah, this yeah. is what should have happened. I would have taken Stevie yeah. Richards in the title picture over big show any day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big show never did anything for me in the, the main event. No. He had his spots, but it wasn't the main event. Yeah, uh, so, so I that definitely was, understand that. That was my little quick rant. I thought right to censor was, would be a good thing to bring up. I'd be curious if anybody's listening, if they want to share their thoughts on right to censor, that'd be a lot of fun. Love to hear from you oh, guys. Yeah, but absolutely. I just, you know, I mean, there's so many different factions and we could talk about DX and the horsemen like everybody else does. But sometimes I like to just talk about the ones that don't get attention. And that's why I wanted to bring them up. Now, I don't know if you heard me talk about factions yesterday. No, I did not. Okay, so then I can ask you this question without you knowing. Do you remember a faction called X Factor? I do. I remember. Do you remember uh, who was in it? It was X Pac. It was just incredible, and it was Albert, and they came out to a song that was sung by Uncle Cracker, I believe. Oh my God, you got more information than see. I needed you yesterday. I'm sitting there like, what the hell is an X Factor? And I completely forgot that was a group. 
at and, all. And it was funny because the funny thing about oh, X Factor is they somehow <laughs> all benefited from the nuclear heat of X Pac. So like X Pac always is like that that argument, right? Like is X Pac heat good heat? Yeah. I believe yeah, it is. Yeah. I believe heat yeah. is heat. But there's people that'll argue and say, no, this was the worst type of go away heat where we were just mad he was on our television screen and we were tired of seeing him on our TV screen. And I'm like, well, okay, that means you really hate the guy, so he's doing his job. But I digress. But yeah, I remember like that group, the minute that song hit, and it was a really kind of a cool little rock song, but like everybody just booing the shit out. And I'm like, man, people really hate Uncle Cracker. <laughs> they, were, they were like the un Americans. You got yeah. too. He got too real. I always got confused with Bubba, uh, Bubba Sparks and Uncle Cracker. So if I'm wrong, and maybe it was Bubba Sparks, I I'm know. almost positive. Now that you're telling me, yeah. I'm almost positive I remember Uncle Cracker being okay. a thing because that was right around the time with Kid Rock and Kid Rock and yeah. Uncle Cracker were connected at the hip at the time. And oh, the early 2000s, which is over <laughs> years ago, which is super sad. I know. That's, that's crazy. I had one other thing, but I think I lost it. So we're going to move on. Yes. So, a couple weeks ago, Tony Khan sent out a tweet that said, the balance of power in professional wrestling is going to change. And that night on Dynamite, Pac came back. And everyone said, what are you talking about, man? Balance of power, Pac really goes, no, no, no. There's other things in the works. Don't worry about it. This is just step one. There's more. Well, I'm pretty sure last night, across the board, I mean, and like I said, we're going to obviously get into it, but I'm pretty sure... A lot of what he was talking about came to fruition last night. And just from an overreaching, do you think that he was right? Is he Was he overselling at that point when he said a balance in power is going to shift in professional wrestling? No. Do you think what happened last night, just as overall as the feeling and coming out of it, do you think that he was, do you think there's some shifting of power? Yes, without a doubt. Because here's the thing. You don't get into the details, but. I feel like they have this identity, AEW that is, about we're going to do this thing different. It's going to be just as big as what you were, WWE. Mm -hmm. It's going to be just as big, but we're going to And I think we're seeing that in that, you know, now they're they're basically embracing a territory system uh, in a way again. Like kind of saying, yeah, we know Impact exists. And you know what? We're going to go over there and have some fun. And we're going to help them out. Maybe they'll help us out a little bit. And guess what? Then maybe in a couple months you see New Japan and then you see Ring of Honor. And these companies can all be completely independent, profitable entities on their own via Internet, different channels, YouTube. Why does it have to be one big company? And that's, I think, mm-hmm. what's going to be very you. It's going to be a very I think it'll be more like kind of how soccer is almost like these different types of leagues and. Um, I think that's what people want. I think people want the choice of whatever they want to watch, you know, and that's, I, that's my thoughts. I thought it would, it's the start of something big though. I thought it was crazy for that to happen and sting, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Tons to talk about. All right. We're going to go through this show. You want to start at the top or the bottom? Let's start at the top. We're going to start at the top. They opened that show with the dynamite diamond battle Royal which last year was a battle royal they had that MJF ended up winning, where the rules were the, top, the last two people in the ring have a one-on-one match for the $50,000 carat 
or $50,000 diamond ring that MJF's been wearing for a year, and they're fighting for that ring. And they put together a pretty solid, I hate battle royals. And I didn't, I only, I fast forward usually to at least about halfway. I get through half of the people. This one still was pretty fun battle royal. You kind of had a lot of feuds going on. Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky were doing their thing, going around. Miro got his 15 minutes in this match where he was just eliminating, he was eliminating machine, just knocking everybody out. You had this inner circle story where inner circle, the Sammy and Wardlow were protecting MJF so they could be the last three. Uh, I know they, uh, Jurassic Boy, what's his name? Uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Perry, Jungle Jack Boy, Perry, Jungle yeah. Boy. Jungle what did I say? Jurassic Boy, Jungle Boy. Jurassic Boy, you did say. Jurassic Boy, but yeah, Jack <laughs> Perry and uh, Sammy Guevara did a pretty awesome back and forth out on the ring apron, knowing who's going to go. And MJF ended up pushing um, Jungle Boy out and knocked out MJF with him. And But it ended up being MJF and Orange Cassidy won the Battle Royal. They were the last two in the ring. So next week on Dynamite, they are going to face fight each other one-on-one to see who's going to have that diamond ring for another year. Just do anything for you. It was really cool. I mean, like, so just, you know, for some backstory, like, I haven't really been watching. So this was my chance to kind of um, kind of jump back in, so to speak. And I thought it was a fun match, you know, just kind of see, like, you know, who are, you know, who are going to be some of the up and comers in the next year. And the thing I noticed immediately is, man, has that roster gotten big? Like that is a roster that is growing and it's, it's very well-rounded at this point. I will mm-hmm. say like, you got a lot of good, good people and match itself was cool. I did like the storyline that they were building with Scorpio and, um, you know, just making Sean sure Spears. that you got it. And it's like, I don't know. I just did. It, it was a good showcase. I love the whole MJF inside the inner circle stuff. That mm-hmm. so I mean I have seen kind of clips and stuff on YouTube about that and that's funny as hell and to see that on this show I was like oh this is really good <laughs> yeah yeah MJF in the inner circle and what they're doing which we're gonna get into here because the next match on the card was Chris Jericho against Frankie Kazarian two uh, veterans of the business kind of doing their thing and still pulling out moves and moving I mean neither one of them look like they should move be able to move the way that they move especially after how much miles are on those bodies but they put on a solid match I mean the whole idea of this match was going to be uh, the inner circle and the inner circle that led to their ultimatum but while Jericho was fighting Kazarian popped him in a lion tamer the inner circle came out. MJF came out with the white towel. Like he's going to throw it in like he did with Cody last year. I'm going to yep. throw it. I'm going to throw it. And Sammy Guevara grabbed that towel from MJF and he held it up. And then he looked, uh, MJF looked at Guevara and said, whoa. And that's who Jericho saw had the towel. And yep. MJF just completely threw Sammy under the bus. And then they started fighting and arguing. So the match ended. Chris Jericho won. And then he basically said, enough of this fighting. You have one week. Next week is the ultimatum. We're either going to bury all of this crap or we're going to break up and inner circle is going to be no more. So that's next week is the ultimatum. And this is the one thing AEW does good that WWE stopped doing, which is making me want to tune in next week. Right. Like right now I watch raw. I don't have a single reason to want to watch (laughs) next week. Like I don't have a segment that's been planned. I have no idea what's going to happen on raw next week. And I can't tell you like, I'm like, okay, well I guess Randy Orton and the fiend will do something. Drew McIntyre and AJ do something. I can assume the Hurt Business is going to fight the New Day for the fourth week in a row. And Retribution is going to get cut from Hulu. Like, but that's all just still guessing. 
here like, at AEW, they already have just just talking about these first two matches led to matches next week. Right. So now we know MJF and Orange Cassidy are fighting for a diamond ring. We know Chris Jericho gave an ultimatum to the inner circle. But my question for you with all this, besides the obvious, which is just how do you feel about it? But do you think that MJF, who's turning face in all this? Do you think MJF is trying to destroy the inner circle from within to go face? Is Jericho going to break it up to go face? Is Sammy going to end up coming out as the good guy? Like, there's a lot of face turns that could happen in here on top of just what, what, what do you think is going to happen? I, I do think it's really just a matter of perception, but I, I do think the, I, the concept of MJF turning face by doing a very dastardly thing is kind of fun. Like the mm-hmm. fact that you are such an asshole that you purposefully went into this group knowing that <laughs> I was just going to rip it apart from the inside. Yeah. And I come yeah. out looking like the good guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm okay with that. I think that's the play. I think that's what I want to see. Uh, Jericho does just a better job as a heel. He always has. So, I mean, he's done, he's done good as a face too, but I think, um, you know, this is his time to just really just embrace, like, I'm so fucked Jericho. Like, you know, his group yeah. is, is, is ruined. He's not the champion anymore. And he can just go into full on, like, breakdown mode and just impress the hell out of us and create a new character, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, it's, that's uh... what I'd like to see. So. No, it's it's there's definitely a lot. And I agree with you. I think MJF is going to be the one I just I love that idea of him breaking, breaking him up from within just for yeah. shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> that that kind of cracks me up. And I'm all about it. All right, let me. Very, very dastardly indeed. Yes, yes. Sorry, my my brief pickup here as I as I have to host a Zoom meeting here on the other computer on nice. the other side. Hello, <laughs> so Zoomers. So I'm like letting people, into a, letting people into a room and they might be able to hear me hosting a podcast, but we'll, yeah, you know, yeah. they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. And they'll this be like, what's going on? 2020, y'all. We multitask with <laughs> our multitask. technology. Absolutely. I know I sat podcast. at this computer yeah, all day just putting together podcast scripts and then editing videos. And I'm just like, man. I gotta get paid for some shit. Um, so then we moved on. To Britt Baker took on Layla Hirsch, which I've never seen Layla Hirsch, but she was about four foot eight inches of firecracker, um, just <laughs> running around. It's like her head barely came to the top rope, but she was running around like crazy. Uh, the only uncomfortable part about the whole thing was Jr. couldn't stop talking about her thighs. Could have <laughs> done without that. Um, <laughs> The thighs on this woman. By God, barbecue sauce them. Barbecue sauce them. He didn't go that far for anybody who didn't watch. But he's still, like, like, he used to talk about the size of Albert's head and Big Show's feet. And poor Layla Hurst, she picked her thighs. And you're just like, well, you know, okay, cool. I'm sure she knows. I mean, you could tell they were all muscle. So, good for her. (laughs) But, But Britt Baker... Now, this match was fine. It was this. The point of the match wasn't the match, but it was a good match to get Layla Hirsch over Britt Baker as a heel. Like her wrestling is still leaves a lot to be desired for me. Like she doesn't you tell me a Britt Baker match, but the way that she acts, the promo she cuts before the match, because they always give her that thing. The fact that she was the commentators called her a bitch. After like, see, you heard Tony Schiavone. God, what a bitch. You're like, Jesus. Um, (laughs) But she was saying things that you're just like, oh, you know, she's got this heel character down. And I don't know why they ever wanted her to be a face in the beginning when they brought her in. I mean, 
a dentist is always a heel. There's just no way around that. It's uh, exactly. there's just there's no other way to put it. But this match was really all about the finish because Britt Baker did get the submission win, but then Thunder Rosa showed up and attacked Britt Baker and Re- Rebel and uh, Layla Hirsch started teaming up. Huh? Rebel? You mean? Because they couldn't Reba? figure out her name the entire match. I don't know if you caught that. I, I did, and I, yeah, I don't know what her name she, is either. I just... her, her Twitter, on her Twitter, it's Rebel. But on her Twitter right now, her handle is Rebel, not Reb, Reba. Because the entire <laughs> night, Giovanni and JR were accidentally calling her Reba every time. In the, oh, Rebel, no, Reba. And she had to change her Twitter handle for because it happened like four times. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on, guys. Get with, <laughs> get with this here. Yeah. Come on, you old. But the geez. match was fine. But then we had Thunder Rosa, who is yeah. from the NWA. I'm pretty sure she's their women's champ, isn't she? I think so. So Thunder Rosa attacked Britt Baker for the comment she was making before. And then we had, uh, you know, then we just kind of had a brawl where Rebel was attacking Thunder Rosa. It looks like we're basically setting up a tag match. But this really comes back down to that whole... Uh, what was what was the phrase? The balance of power shifting, because now once again, and we've already had a couple of weeks ago where we had the NWA women's championship defended on Dynamite between Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. But now it's just Thunder Rosa, who's under contract with NWA for at least a couple more years, who's now showing up on Dynamite. So it's just like, like you said, the territories are kind of coming back in a way where everybody's kind of sharing talent. And I mean, this is really only for the best, right? I think so. I mean, the thing is, like, um, I think we just got to a point, you know, in the 80s where, you know, the idea of one big company like the NFL was would have been it would have been very popular. And it still is. I mean, WWE is not going anywhere. We all know that. Um, But it just is interesting that you're seeing like an opposite reaction, like all these years later to where we're kind of in a place where. You know, people really want traditional wrestling. They want traditional storylines mm-hmm. and they want, you know, they still want something new, but they really want it the way it's meant to be, you know, which is just the, about the action and about drama and storyline. And mm-hmm. I think that's why you're seeing these territory systems kind of make this big comeback is people are just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're doing it right. I'm going to watch you or you're doing it right. I'm going to watch you. That's kind of how I start. I'm starting to feel with AEW and NWA for that matter. I've watched a few of their YouTube shows, but. They have a new one that just premiered this week. I God, I can't remember what it's called, but I saw it pop up in my recommended, and I was going to give it a watch. I'm trying to get into, and I do it every December. I, I subscribe every December to uh, New Japan because I do watch Wrestle Kingdom. I've watched it the past two years now. I'm yeah. going to watch Wrestle Kingdom again this year uh, because it's a, I mean, it's a solid show. Yeah. It's two nights. I mean, the matches they're already setting up. And, I mean, if they get Kenta and Moxley end up fighting on that damn card, that's just going to be a good Why not? Good, you know, and, like, that's the thing. Why not? That can happen now. And I think, like, that's why it, it's going to probably freak Vince McMahon out a little bit, I, I would assume, because it's, like, what he decided, this idea of locking people down, it's kind of just becoming antiquated. Like, it's like, come on, dude, really? Really? Okay. All right. And it's just, like... See, but... Playing devil's advocate to a point, I mean, yeah. realistically, from a WWE standpoint, what benefit is it to them no, if they decide exactly. to send Kevin Owens to Dynamite? You know, like no, they're they're know. too big. You know, yeah. AEW's still coming up. I mean, I'm still, I, and like I said, we'll jump into this when we get the full picture here in a minute. Yeah. But 
AEW even to a point is just like, what are they getting out of a lot of this stuff? Because they're yeah. almost getting too big to really have a benefit sure. in some of that. Sure. But they're still trying to build their audience. Uh, so then we moved into Cody, Cody and Darby Allen taking on Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Stark. So it was Taz's boys. Uh, Taz has got his little staple with Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Ricky Starks. And then you throw in Brian Cage in there, who started doing an F5, I guess, is his his move. And, I mean, he's I like big it. enough to pull it off. So he, he definitely can pull it off. And it's like, if Brock is done, it's like, because we don't know if Brock Lesnar is going to come back. And that's still a badass wrestling move. So I'm all about somebody using it. Right? It's... Uh... That's like it's one of good. my. I, we got to. That would be a good idea for a show one of these days if we could talk about our best like favorite finishers. Like yeah, best, that'd be a really good topic. And most protected finishers. Yes. And we'll talk about that as we get into the main event. Uh, but we <laughs> had this big tag team match with Cody and Darby taking on Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. One of the things because this this match did kind of devolve into shenanigans there was a lot of run-ins a lot of interference a lot of stuff kind of going in leading into the finish and you kind of like that but darby allen still ended up picking up the win and it's one of the things that i've noticed the most with aew that i do enjoy because they have the ranking system their matches for the most part all end they don't do a lot of time limit draws they don't do a lot of roll-ups they have some screwy overbooked finishes but they always still have a finish somebody still wins I'm watching over, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can watch uh, What Culture Does Ups and Downs for all their shows. And whenever uh, they're doing WWE ones, the guy is actually keeping track of surprise or like roll-up victories. They're up to 99 for the year. WWE has done 99 roll-up finishes, and he might not even have started at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't know when he started, but he's been counting, and he's hoping to hit 100, which I'm sure he will. But wow. 99 distraction roll-up pins. That's how WWE ends all of their matches to keep people safe or protected. Oh, it was a roll-up. It didn't matter. And that's just, I mean, after even just a year, and they've been doing this for years. So now looking at multiple years, it's just like, man, they really killed a lot of momentum. And it, it, that's what makes it hard to watch Raw and SmackDown because 90% of Raw and SmackDown matches, they'll do it two or three matches on one show. They'll have the same finish, a distraction roll-up. It's crazy. But they, Darby Allen and Cody got the win, and then Brian Cage, Taz came out. It became this big, giant beatdown. They started beating up Arn Anderson. Then (laughs) Dustin Dustin ran out. He started getting beat up. So then it was just like Taz's group was just putting the boots on everything. Then the lights went out, and everyone's like, what's going on? And then they Winter is Coming came up on the screen, and you saw all these, like, mountaintops with snow and trees, and then it started snowing in the arena, and everyone's like, what's happening, what's happening? And then out comes Sting, like it said Sting on the screen, and then Sting comes walking out in full (laughs) AEW crow gear, pulls out a bat and walks to the ring, Taz and his cronies bolted by that point, and then Sting walked around with a thousand people in there, he got a hell of a pop. Yes, he did. And it was so good to have people in there, because when you think about all the people who've debuted in AEW this year, Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, you know, Miro, I think Miro had a little bit of a pop, but I mean, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy didn't have a crowd, so they they got nothing. Sting got a hell of a pop for, for, and a lot of that came from JR and Tony Schiavone. 
But Sting <laughs> kind of did a face-to-face with Arn and Cody and Dustin and Darby Allen. Like, everyone else was yeah. looking at Sting. Darby Allen was, like, in his face. Just that was like, great. That let's was go. Cool. I mean, they, yeah. they, that's a big moment for Darby Allen, and they gave big him time. something really good to work with. Big time. And uh, so Sting, apparently, and before the show was even over, Tony Khan was already preaching that Sting has signed a full-time, multi-year contract with AEW. What that 100% means, we don't know. And next week, Tony Schiavone is going to interview Sting in the ring, which just that idea right there is just crazy because it's been, they said May 21st, 2001 was the last time Sting was on TNT during that last episode of Nitro where he took on Ric Flair. And now Sting is back on TNT. Tony Schiavone is going to interview Sting. Like that, that whole thing is just crazy, man. It's um, it's so interesting that what what we're seeing happen here, and it's really coming full circle at this point. Is is that AEW is like really trying to say like you know there was something that that was WCW. There was something about it that was really cool, mm-hmm. and you know it didn't stay cool, and it it definitely fell hard. But when it was cool, it was awesome. And like this, they have Sting come out in the hear Shivani go, it's Sting! I got goosebumps watching it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh man, I not, because you just feel like you're watching some a very important moment, and Sting looked good. I mean, like, looked in good shape, and maybe, you know, he's ready to rock and get, like, one little run out, you know, and that's fine with me. You know, as long as it's done in, with respect, and not like he does, he's not made to look like a fool, I think it'd be real cool. And here, let me throw this out here. Let me just throw it out there. <laughs> what if you know, with everything going on, like Sting like light, lights it up for a couple of years, and the Dead Man goes over to AEW to have that match. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? That would be some shit. I would, <laughs> I, that, I I couldn't imagine it, but yeah. I it, that would be an alternate reality. I wouldn't mind visiting for a minute just to yeah. Yeah. see what happens. And it's funny that like. Sting went to WWE. Right. He said in every interview that he wanted that match. He, they had the opportunity at 31 right. to do and it, and they, and they didn't. Said no. And then he sat there, and the first opportunity he got to leave, he's like, peace, I'm out. You know. Yeah. And, of course, he had that big, big, I mean, potentially career-ending injury and right. match with Seth Rollins in 2015 right. at Night of Champions. So now that puts a big kind of question mark asterisk of what's Sting here to do. Now they're right. saying that he's going to be there for TV, be a, re- a character, he's full-time. He is on right. that show, yeah. and he's not supposed to be, uh, you know, like background character or like an authority figure. He is talent. So now obviously outside of the initial, like, you know, tag match with Taz's boys and Darby, Sting, and Cody. What would you like to see from Sting in AEW? And then how do you feel about, I mean, knowing that the last time we saw him, he was all like, couldn't feel his legs, jiggly legs in the ring, and really looked in rough shape. I mean, how do you feel about him getting in the ring again? I mean, is it just kind of like a Daniel Bryan edge thing where you wait and see how he, okay, we get a match under, he looks cool, okay, cool. Or is it, you know, you have a little bit more because he's 61, so... Yeah. Some miles on that body, man. I think it, I would love to see like the Ric Flair um, comeback story when he, like he really started turning it around after Evolution broke up and like he was kind of like kind of floating for a while and then it was like I think I think it was that Raw where like Shawn Michaels like came to him and said you're Ric Flair, damn it, you know, and uh, he started crying and like mm-hmm. I think he like went out like won a match against Triple H or some shit and yeah. like he had that amazing run where he eventually got retired by Shawn Michaels. 
Yeah. But like that's what I whenever I see a wrestler like Sting come back, like I want it to be let me help out some young talent. Let mm-hmm. me have some really good matches and let me have like a really awesome last blow off match and then do my thing. And that doesn't have to happen like a year. That can happen over five years. You know, it's like whatever story they present, I just want them to be careful with them, but it'll be fine. I think it'll be well, a good run wanted, for him. I just want them to, I just don't want them to do like the edge of it all where it's, we're sitting there just seeing the same match we saw a million times. You know, it's right. like, we're going to see Sting in the ring. It's like, let me see Sting Moxley. Let me see Sting Jericho. Let me see Sting Cody. Let me see matches I never thought I'd see. Sting Darby, you know, stuff that I've never seen before. Don't give me Sting and I don't know who they have. Sting and Arn Anderson, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that somebody has just joined us. Somebody has, has joined us look on live via yeah, the basement. Know his working. Hold and on. He, I'm trying and to he get is my, here. Street, my, my new headphones on. Hold on. He, he is here. Sound... Yeah, he had the look on his face. Like, I, I don't know if he could hear us or we could he hear him hear or what was he going on. He could hear you just fine. You guys can hear me? He can hear yeah. you just fine. But it's, it's the computer speakers. It's the crappy ones. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. You, I'm sorry. You're just so well, bougie. Well, while I get all this crap figured out how is everybody doing i know you've been talking for wrestling for a while guys i'm gonna admit this i am in a place of sadness as i'm looking around i'm literally surrounded by blank walls in my man cave because i had to take stuff down because i got a major basement project happening soon (laughs) and okay there we go now i'm sounding better there you go okay because Apparently, they're going to be digging into the ground of my basement. And they told me as they came to install the dehumidifier and looking around at my aimlessly endless collection of wrestling stuff, the guy said, well, just letting you know, we're going to be using the sledgehammer and, well, it will vibrate the walls. I don't know if you want to take care of your property. (laughs) It's... And I looked at him, and I was like, oh, my God, I will be taking care of that. <laughs> All right, guys, sorry. So, Segway, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Because I got thoughts. We are right and you now. came at perfect time. Perfect time. We're talking about the return of Sting in AEW. Give us your thoughts. How does that make you feel deep down inside? So in that moment... I felt like I went back in time, like back to the future. And I'm staring at teenage Corey and all his ridiculousness. Stinger Corey. Old school Corey with hair. And honestly, I'll I'll tell you, I was super excited. I, I don't know why. It's like, I know if we take a step back and look at the reality, this He's a lot older, but you know what? I don't care. The, the man comes out and he's got the stinger face paint. And if you're a wrestling fan, that crap's cool. I don't care what year it is. So it, it's awesome. It makes me very intrigued with mm-hmm. what they will do because I'm hearing that he signed a multi-year uh, full-time contract. Yeah, full-time. So, and I'm sure that full-time, it the definition of it is probably you know. I, I'm sure that he's not going to be wrestling every week, but obviously AEW hasn't been doing that method. So um, I'm sure it's very equivalent to Jericho. And, 
you know what? At the end of the day, if they can figure out a way to use them, take advantage of this. Um, hey, I, I mean, Pro Wrestling Tees, they said that they sold more shirts in four hours uh, for Sting than any other wrestler so far. Oh, there's a reason Sting showed up before Christmas. There's and, a reason this event. There's a reason this event happened before Christmas, and it was a big event on TV. And Sting showed up on TV and not at pay per view because they want to sell some T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's that's what it's all about, man. It's just give me the a Sting mask. I'd be down with the Sting no, mask. No, no, Chris, you don't understand. This is just, this is this is obviously the beginning. I mean, do you understand that the the marks on the internet right now are just already saying, "When are we getting our AEW Sting action figure?" You got to remember this: the, the collector world, and you got you guys obviously know I'm in, uh, I'm well into that world. People are going nuts at the thought of Sting's action figure. I'm telling you, I'm gonna get one. It's gonna be great. It's gonna go right in my name. I think I'll probably get one too if I see that. Because uh... how how crazy is it gonna be when the AEW video game comes out? looking like No Mercy on WCW Revenge, and it's going to have Sting in it, and it's going to have Jericho in it. And I bet you they're going to look exactly the same. <laughs> right, exactly. Those boxy models. I'm telling you, this is all going to work. AEW is going with a business model that of I'm nostalgia. <laughs> but, hey, folks out there are all about the, the nostalgia concept. I'm, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. And I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about the ratings, but the the ratings were up with AEW, thirty nine percent. They were in the nine hundred uh, thousand range, and uh, NXT was in the uh, I believe the six hundred. So they said it was a they had thirty nine percent more viewers than NXT, which taking nothing away from NXT, you know, they had some solid stuff going on. But I mean, when you do a title change, you know, uh, and, well, I'm they- sorry. They stuff. built that. They built Winter is Coming. I mean, that was a pay per view. Ultimately, they built that as a pay per view on TV, and all those matches and the way that they promoted it said that. Why I was really surprised the first time I saw they do NXT War Games December fifth. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be Wednesday. Like I thought they were doing. I in my head I thought they were going to do World War Three, and I thought they were going to do it. I forgot War Games is something they've been doing yearly, but I I hundred percent thought that they were going to do World War Three on Wednesday last night to compete. But NXT, for their credit, they just gave the night to Dynamite. They really did. So so uh, any other uh, was, key things you guys hit? That was, there any, was there any uh, match that you want to really see Sting? I mean, how do you feel personally? I, I just got done asking Ed. Last time we saw Sting, he was in the ring all jello-legged after taking two buckle bombs and pretty much ending his career. So do you think that, obviously, if he's going to wrestle, he's been cleared medically to some degree. How do you feel about him getting in the ring, and who would you want to see him wrestle? Ooh. What's your Sting dream, um, Max? You know, the big thing that I'm thinking about is, because like when I watched that whole segment and him just going into the ring, looking at each person. Yeah, I've watched it like, four times. well but the thing is like the best way man stories i'm just thinking like just really hit stories with sting like anything he involves in has to have a heavy story um i personally i realize that he's much older i believe he's 61 um so obviously wrestling you know it's gonna be limited i think 
I th- I think you, you oh and I I hate to say this because it's overdone right now in AEW, but I almost feel like a kind of a faction he needs to lead or to the Aces and Eights Part Two. No, better, better. <laughs> Wasn't but he part of that? Wasn't he in the Aces and Eights? Or no, was he not? no, he was fighting no. them. No, he was probably fighting them. That was that when was he was jo- like the Joker Sting. That, that was, was Joker really cool. Sting. So he was a I, part of that. Was that. great. But I enjoyed that. I need to no, go back and watch. I Impact think they're definitely going to. I think you're definitely going to see Sting Cody. I think that yes, one is. That's what you're going to see. And I think that one's going to have a, a very good, rich story behind it, um, and they'll tie in a lot of history. They'll tie in history with yeah. his old man. Yeah, you know, I think it'll definitely have a very like, you know, Dustin Rhodes uh, Cody type vibe, or when you know where they're bringing up history or the past in order to really push the story. So. Well, that kind of ties into what I said earlier today before you got on. I was saying, like, really what this this whole show made me realize is that they are fully embracing that they are yeah, they are the new WCW. Like, not saying that they're WCW, but they're saying we are going to be that company that it was just as big, had just as good talent, and we're going to remind you of, you know, all the little things that you should be reminded of when you watch us. And that's why I loved when Sting came out. They said... March 3rd, 2001 was the last time he was on TNT. Like, that's all just blatant WCW reference. And they're like, just, yeah. That's Tony Schiavone made that moment for me. Oh, yeah. I, just, awesome. I didn't realize that. Awesome. And then even when they said next week, Tony Schiavone is going to do an interview with Sting. Like, I'm like, I have to watch that. I just I just have to see Tony Schiavone interview Sting in the middle of a ring. Like, just just for a pure nostalgia purpose that I have to see that that Tony Schiavone got to yell sting in his classic voice that it's sting. Yeah. 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 Prolonging the, the sound. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think AEW is listening to fans. I, I think they're listening to the things that fans have been saying. Like they, that they feel like they're missing from the product. It's not a coincidence that, you know, the video game just so happens, you know, the, one of the major developers from the no burst game is on this project. No, that's not a No, (laughs) the director. Yeah. Whoever it is. Bottom line is they're listening because they listen to the fans and fans are saying, we love that video game, which I agree. That engine with new graphics. (laughs) And so, and I think they're doing this with their overall product. And here's the cool thing. You know, because some people are going to say, oh, you know, they're just bringing old guys to make to, you know, boost a rating. But look at the other talent right now. Right now, the TNT ch- champion is Darby Allen. That's a young talent. Yep. You know, um, Chris Jericho. Some people argue, oh, Chris Jericho is an old guy. Uh, well, let's see. He's he's getting Sammy Guevara over. He's getting, you know, the guys in that group over. MJF is going to end up getting even more over. So it's like. I think the old guys are actually being utilized the way that I think we all complained that WWE needed to do, which was I the agree. older guys need to find a way to elevate these young guys. Yeah. I agree. It's uh, it's a good time to be a dynamite, uh, dynamite fan because I am definitely brought in hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, and I, and I if you're telling me last night they had 900,000, I have a feeling next week they're going to cross a million. I think they will. And here's the thing. Have you guys talked about the uh, the impact 
tie in yet? No, that's Not our yet. next. We were just we just went Sorry. down the card from top to bottom. Sorry, so, well, we, we, I'm excited. We flirted with it. We flirted with it. Okay, we're about to, to get to the main event of Winter is Coming. If you're good with Sting for right now, we yep, can we can good. move yes. on. We can move on because I got main event. What was booked? What was set? Which which made me re-sign up for Sling TV for a three day free trial because I did not want to miss it. Was John Moxley defending his championship that he's had since last February? He's had that for over a year. Yeah, Ed and I were at the show when he won it, and that was February 2019, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so he's had that. Oh no, 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 no! no. That was 2020. Yeah, 2020. We was 2020. We were at one of the last. Oh, he won that this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, it, he held on to it since February. Still, no one beat him. He's been unbeaten in AEW anyway, regardless. He took on Kenny Omega, and they booked this, they built this, and booked this like it was a huge main event. I even was sending messages to a couple of my friends that stopped watching wrestling saying, hey, you might want to check this one out. And granted, with the shenanigans here at the end, I was kind of a little bit more like, Ugh, maybe it turned into a wrestling, like, uh, Turned into a wrestling angle, but ultimately it still was there. But we had yep. the match, but Kenny Omega ended up taking out John Moxley, gave John Moxley his first loss, and he ended up. Uh, Kenny Omega became the third AEW heavyweight yep. champ. Uh, they had a hard hitting, the exact type of match you would think they would have. They started in the ring, they left the ring, they started throwing each other into the crowd, into the stands, into the thing. They did the pitcher and pitcher the whole time. It's the first time I've ever watched pitcher and pitcher during commercials, which was weird. They fought, they did their thing. At one point, John Moxley brought in two steel chairs after he hit the paradigm shift. He instead of going for a pin, he grabbed two chairs, set them up in the middle of the ring tapped the seat on for Kenny and they both sat in the middle of the ring staring at each other. And then they just started hitting each other. And then <laughs> Kenny Omega ended up hitting Moxley with a sick V trigger, which he did like 2000 of them and everyone looked nasty. And they ended up fighting until they got outside the ring. Now, the one thing I forgot to say in the beginning of this, Don Callis pretty much who runs impact wrestling came in, which apparently he came in for one of the pay-per-views for Kenny and Moxley won, and did the commentary. So, there's history. Don Don Callis always said that he thought Kenny Omega would go to Impact over WWE if AEW wasn't a thing. Don Callis was doing commentary, which I thought was weird, but I was like, oh, it's a nice little Impact plug in there. And then uh, towards the end of the match, John Moxley ended up doing a paradigm shift outside the ring into one of the heaters they had outside the ring to keep people warm because winter, you know, was coming and was there, so it was cold. So they had heaters. So then Kenny Omega was down. Don Cal's like, I think he's hurt. I think he's injured. And all the referees came around and they were like, I don't know if he can continue this match. And then John Moxley was like, screw that. Grabbed Omega, threw him in the ring, started punching him. All of a sudden you see Don Callis like on that little ramp they have with a microphone, hitting the microphone. Then all of a sudden he's like, hey, hey he's hurt, guys. He's hurt. And I'm like, what are they doing? And he's hurt. He's hurt. And then Moxley went and pushed Callis. And all of a sudden you look in the ring and Omega has the microphone. And when Moxley turns around, he takes a microphone spike to the head, which busted him open. And he did uh, a couple, like 12 V triggers, a one winged angel, which is a clumsy move to get going, but it's sick when it hits. And it's still the most protected move in all of professional wrestling. And he got the one, two, three. And then Don Callis grabbed Kenny Omega. They grabbed the belt. They ran through the backstage area. Tony Khan going, what is this bullshit? As they run past. They bolt all the way to the car. As they're getting into the car, the announcer gets to him and says, hey, hey, what's going on? We'll tell you Tuesday. Well, Dynamite's on Wednesday. Yeah, Impact Wrestling, Access TV. We'll tell you what's going on on Tuesday. They got in the car. They drove away. 
dynamite went off the air with an impact plug. You're like, what is going on? What is this world that we are living in? But apparently Tuesday night on impact on access, which the majority of America doesn't even have as a channel, but they are going to be on Twitch TV. So if you really need to know, check it live Tuesday, Kenny Omega, the AEW heavyweight champ is going to be on impact so much to unpack. What do you guys, what's your initial thoughts, your initial breakdown? All I can say is your description just got me re-excited again. I felt <laughs> like I was experiencing it all over again. No, so, this is something that I don't even know how to put it in the words, but it's like I feel like this is going to be one of those. I know Tony Khan was saying like a few weeks ago that there's going to be a paradigm shift. Yep. Balance and, of power in professional wrestling will shift. And that was the opening and, question I asked Ed. Do you think that he's this was what he was talking about? And do you think it is true? And you can answer that question right now. I'm going to answer it with yes. Absolutely yes. Because this is something that in the history of the wrestling business, to do something where you're doing cross promotions, you know, uh, or working with other promotions. Now, I know this kind of stuff happens in like Japan and stuff, but you guys got to understand that's Japan. That's a completely different country, other side of the world. You don't see the cross promotion type thing happening in the United States with two U.S. based companies. When that, and on this show alone, we actually had three because Thunder Rosa from NWA showed Correct. up and attacked Britt Baker. So not only is it just this impact wrestling, but that's the one thing that everyone forgets is the NWA is tied into this as well. So you and, technically have three promotions and all I, and, tied in. Right. And this is what, and, and here's my answer to why I think this is a paradigm shift. And I don't think it's so much about paradigm shift like AEW is going to become number one. This is paradigm shift of I think the wrestling business model is going to change. I honestly, full-heartedly believe WWE will, down the road, do business with another promotion. I think we're going to see WWE do business possibly with AEW long down the road, maybe even Impact. That's what I see with this. I and think not until Vince is dead. I don't well, see Vince like doing I said, it. No, well, I, this is the one thing I mentioned to Ed, though, too, is without... Where's the upside for WWE in sending Kevin Owens to Dynamite? But but here's but here's the thing though. Okay, so and then and here's the reason why this is a paradigm shift. Okay, so think about it. When Vince took over WWE from his father, think about it. His father, it was the territory days. So mm -hmm. the thought of having a global, you know, company, that was crazy. It was blasphemy. So I agree with you, Chris. Vince is stuck in the mindset that he's currently living. And that's cool. That you know, fine. Vince is eventually gonna go. And, and I think Triple H and I think Stephanie are going to help contribute to this shift now from what WWE currently is to being more open to the cross promotion. I'm sure there's a business way you can do it in terms of, you know, the money and how all that stuff works. But I think that they would be open to it because think about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have that channel that Impact is on. I'm going to get on Twitch or do what I've never been on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to figure it out because I'm very, very intrigued with this. And I've been watching wrestling for 30 years. So to get me that intrigued to make me try to go find something that I can't yeah. easily find, you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I signed up for a free trial of Sling 
so I could watch this show. And I'm going to end up subscribing for at least, I think they're doing a buy one, get one free months. I think I'm going to drop the 30 to get two months of Sling TV because it's way better than the 90 that Hulu wanted. And I noticed that was one of the first things I noticed was Access TV was right there in the A's as new channels. And I was like, hey, I can watch Impact. So I'm like, all right, yep, I got to subscribe for at least a month so I can <laughs> see Impact on Thursday or, or on Tuesday or at least, you know, use a different email and get another three-day trial. <laughs> there you go. I think they're doing invasion angle. I, I think this is going to be some kind of Impact versus uh, AEW. And that would be great because guess what? They would have learned from the past and do it the right way. <laughs> as long as they bring the big, the heavy hitters to you do gotta it. bring the heavy hitters. And come on, and we I think get to see to. like EC3 against Cody. Like, I, I would love that kind of stuff, man. Well, and now you actually have this question mark of two weeks ago, Moxley got jumped by a masked man. Well, who did it? Well, now everyone just assumed it was Kenny or someone there. Well, what if it was EC3? What if it was, you know, uh, Heath Slater? Like, you don't know who it could have been now. I mean, it could have been anyone from Impact if they and really are going to build this and up. And it's probably going to be. And that's the thing. It, Heath it's, Slater. That, dude, you know what? I don't care. The fact that if it's, if it's anybody from Impact, this is a great story. This is, I'm. oh, man. I'm getting excited about it. I really hope that it delivers to my, my my thoughts and my expectations. I know it doesn't always happen that way, but I'm hopeful. I'm and I think you hopeful. answered a lot of my questions, too, because, yeah, that was the kind of thing. Like, this is all upside for Impact. They're on a channel that nobody has. They are a show that nobody watches, nobody talks about. They get a few thousand people on Twitch that watch them. God only knows what they get on Access TV because, like I said, nobody has it. This is all upside for them. Where where do you see this benefiting AEW right now? Do you think this is good promotion for them to have Kenny Omega, their AEW champ, his first interview is going to be on Access TV? I think what the the fact that there's intrigue, there's curiosity, there's that what will happen next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know about you, Chris. I haven't had that feeling in a long time where, like, they left me on a cliffhanger where I'm like, oh, my God, I you wait, wait, give me more. Don't don't turn off. No, this pay-per-view is not over yet. We're we're all on the same page because that was exactly what I said earlier, which when we were going through this card and I was like, I love dynamite because what I like about AEW is what they're doing right now. And I'm not always the biggest AEW fan, but I really enjoyed last night's show was that each match you knew what was coming next. Like we already by halfway through last night, they were like, Oh, next week we got orange Cassidy versus MJF for the diamond ring. We got the ultimative for the inner circle. We got Abaddon's going to be in action because she's heading for Sheeta and she's scaring the shit out of her. Then we got this character. Like they already have the whole card set up. And can you tell me right now, Corey, what's what's happening on a raw next week? Oh, God. I, I honestly... What's happening... No, wait. Even better. What's yeah. happening on SmackDown tomorrow? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, you Can got you t- me. I mean, like, I mean, they, but I mean, it's not even you. It's them. They're not telling us. They, they don't know. They don't know what matches are going to be on SmackDown tomorrow. But AEW is setting up to make us, and it was what we loved about wrestling back in the day, was that we had to watch next week. We had something to talk about all week long. Oh my God, what's going to happen Tuesday when Kenny Omega's on Impact? All of us are going to go figure out a way to watch Impact one way or another to see what happens, you know? And it's been a long time since we've had that. And, and seeing the, the crazy thing about this is we're talking about this Kenny Omega thing, but to top it off, you, you also got Sting. 
It's like you mm-hmm. got multiple things right now that are just like huge. So Sting's back in Impact. <laughs> Maybe Sting didn't sign with AEW. Maybe he signed with right. Impact. I, it's, but the cool thing is it's like we don't just have one thing to look forward to. We got multiple things. I mean, you even got the Inner Circle, which was, you know, a well-established group for a year now that, you know, could be going separate ways. And obviously we're wondering when this MJF thing is going to really, you know, co- you know, explode. And But that's the cool thing. It, there's just stuff to look forward to. And like you said. Ooh, and, that's, man, you- and that is the one thing that AEW is doing exceptionally well is booking out. You know, their storylines, they take the time to tell the stories. They set up challengers. They set up people. It's not the same matches over and over again. They're always changing. It's one of the things. And one of the other things I said earlier is there's no surprise roll-ups. There's no screwy finishes. There's no, they're just, they're putting on a show and they know where they're going and it's refreshing. And it is, it is there. And like I said, I'm down for impact. I almost want to go check out NWA a little bit more for some of that things. So, I mean... Dynamite was a show, and I can't imagine Impact and Dynamite next week's ratings not at, not showing the hard work benefiting them. And I can't wait for All In 3 when Sting vices The Undertaker in an AEW arena. Calling it. I, now, now, now he's losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know we're getting all excited, guys, but come on now. You know, darn it's, well... Yeah. Undertaker's it's, got that contract till he's like eighty. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Undertaker's not going anywhere. Uh, he's making forty grand a cameo. He could break that contract. Yeah, yeah. Did you see those cameos? They were, <laughs> they were something else, man. It was something I never knew I wanted to see, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh god, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Just watching him talk about all elite Scooby Doo. Congratulations on getting married. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh god, yeah. this is. Uh, this is this is a weird weird thing, but I enjoyed everyone that I saw. It's like but trash TV that I can't look away from. Pretty much, it's yeah, it's like Maury. Yeah. Uh, I think that was about everything we had for Winter Is Coming. Did you have any other thoughts, Corey? Anything else, especially from the early things? Did you enjoy seeing Britt Baker beat up people? Did you enjoy uh, the battle royal in the beginning? Anything? Any thoughts that you want to share with the Yesenites? Uh, you know, not too much. I mean, like I said, uh, I am actually looking forward to, let's see, they're going to have MJF and what, Orange Cassidy? Next week. Fight next week, so I'm looking forward to that. What's your prediction on Inner Circles? MJF MJF trying to destroy it from within? Is he going to come out a good guy? It's, he's, he's going to destroy it. I just don't think it's going to happen next week. I I, I don't, I think they're going to try to make it at an unexpected, unpredictable time. You know, I think they're continuing to, you know, uh, focus on Jericho, the naive, gullible yeah. side with MJF. And I think they'll keep building that a little bit longer. Because right now, I think you got to wait on that, especially right now when we got the Kenny Omega Sting thing. I think it's a little too soon to throw another big, big story. tight moment. Uh, I, I think you're going to hurt something. What do you, oh, what you got to add? Real quick, I just think it'd be cool. A, a possible storyline would be Sting getting recruited to the Dark Order. I think that would do so much good for the Dark Order um, if they could do some type of storyline with that. That's all I want to see. I I'm down for anything to see as long as Sting is healthy enough 
and yep. they play it smart and safe with him. You know, don't give him any buckle bombs <laughs> or have him dive off the top rope. I think, right. you know, he can, as long as they take it easy with him, I'm, I'm not expecting, like Corey said, it's got to be the story. You got to right. set up the story. It's got to be what you need it to be. And that, and the match doesn't, isn't the selling point. You know, the no. match is something that you want to see, but the match, I would never expect the match to deliver. Oh, I see the Riddler headband now. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, he just, just get you, you become invested in the match. That's all that they're going to yeah. do is get people invested in the match. And like I said, that's all you need to do. Now, before the finish, how were you feeling on Kenny Omega and John Moxley? Do you think they were delivering the hype? And I mean, the finish kind of, they were worked towards the finish. And when the finish happened, that obviously took all, like no one's talking about the match. It's all about the finish and impact wrestling. And this is the most anyone's talked about impact in years. How did you feel about just the match as a whole? Were you enjoying the match before the finish? Did you think they were delivering at their hype? Or was this another I, John Moxley, Brian Cage that didn't really deliver? I mean, it was good. Uh, am I going to give five stars? No. The the one part of the match that really stood out was Kenny Omega's series of, what's that? that the V-trigger. V? Yeah, v the V-triggers at the end. Like, I felt like the series of V-triggers, he, like, delivered back to back to back and, you know, uh, Moxley just with the just really getting destroyed. I that part really connected to me. I really liked that part from just kind of a story perspective. Yeah. The rest of the match, I mean, because I've seen them fight before and they've done some pretty extreme stuff in previous matches. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was OK. I'm not saying it was bad. It was entertaining. Yeah. I was just glad. I was nervous that Moxley was going to kick out of that one-winged angel, and I did not want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, that would have been bad. I just think that, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming at some point someone will kick out of it. Maybe not, but that's like the most protected move in all of wrestling, and no one's ever kicked out of it. And even if he loses matches or any, you know, he just doesn't do that move. So, And that's a, that's a good thing to keep around, you know, for someone that really needs the the rub when whoever that eventually happens, you know, that's like be the undertaker streak, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give it, it needs to Brock Lesnar. Constance in wrestling because then it gets more, that just makes something important that might otherwise not be. So, but yeah, winter is coming, came and went. It was a great, it was actually a really great time. I watched most of it twice. Now uh, I put on NXT and NXT was not as entertaining. They had a couple solid matches and a couple funny moments, but they didn't, uh, obviously try to compete too heavy with uh aew they kept their basic six hundred thousand people that watch them live and i'm sure the rest of us all watched it on the network but now they're but they got war games coming up this sunday thank you Corey, for the segue war Man, games is I, this I'm sunday. Spot on today. i don't know what's going on <laughs> you're just coming in ready to go War Games is this Sunday, so this was the run-in for War Games. War Games is always a great time. We were at War Games last year. It was we a great were. time. I still remember Io Shirai doing that backflip off of the top of the cage. It was nasty. War Games, it's going to be a great time. I just realized, signing up for Sling TV, that people are still buying these pay-per-views for $45 a pop, and that's what War Games will run you if you're not going to be on the network. Why you wouldn't sign up for the network for a <sighs> month to get the multiple pay-per-views, I'll never know, but to each their own. And if you're out there paying $44 for war games, I hope you have a great time. But I'm going to go through the war games card real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. Cool? Yeah. That sounds good. And then I do have one last question for Corey, but we'll, we'll hit it right <laughs> after war games. We do have 
Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa, which should be a hard-hitting, probably opening match that'll really set the stage for the night, I would imagine. That should be a pretty solid. And they've been having yeah. their storyline and just kind of their beat-em-up view. Yeah. So that should be a good match. Timothy uh, Thatcher's got... legit. Real, real legit. Reminds me of like a 19, like 20s wrestler. Like, yeah. Just yeah. like a, just all badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, very old school. Anyway, oh, keep yeah. going. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dexter Loomis is taking on Cameron Grimes in a strap match. Okay. Which will be okay. a match. It'll be a uh, thing. But after yeah. that horror show match, I'm, I'm watching just... Cameron Grimes matches now. <laughs> right. So. That's what I was going to say. I was already hooked after <laughs> yeah. the Halloween show. And Dexter Loomis is really a pretty awesome character. Yeah, like, he looks I mean, good. They, um, they've always tried to pull off this like insane character. Like, this man's insane with insanity. But like he does a really good job with he, it. He he's really been does. Doing that for a while, he was doing that a little bit in Impact, and yeah. I, I thought he did it really good too. Yeah, yeah. He's he found his gimmick and he's running with it, and that should be a goofy match. It'll be a very good match to have in the middle. Yeah. To, to bring the crowd back around, uh, we got Lee, Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest in a three-way for the North American Championship. Leon Ruff, we haven't really got to talk about him, but he. Beat Johnny Gargano to keep the streak alive that Johnny Gargano can't defend a championship. He took Sasha Banks' curse. First defense he loses. He lost to Leon Ruff in a joke. And Leon Ruff is trying to be taken seriously. So we got a triple threat between uh, Ruff, Gargano, and Priest. That should be, once again, I mean, on on paper, this this card is probably worth the $45. Oh, yeah. And then we have two War Games matches. We have the Undisputed Era versus uh, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and uh, Birch and Lorcan. Undisputed Era. Hopefully by next year they have another four-person person, the group, to not put in War Games. Because every year it's been undisputed since they brought the thing back. Yeah. And I am not complaining. No, that oh, match should okay be, once again, I think Pete Dunn's been in all of them on one side or another as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's Pete, okay, too. <laughs> and Pete Dunn looks great, so you know what? Yeah. I'm all sold on it. Yeah, yeah Pete that, Dunn, I mean, I don't know, the the quarantine, he just must have just been doing nothing but push-ups for months. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was literally just working out for that entire time. Yeah, he just, I mean, his clothes, uh, he needs new wrestling singlets. They don't even fit him anymore because he yeah. lost so much weight, and he didn't even have any weight to lose. Right. <laughs> he's cut, man. He's just yeah, cut. He's, yeah, he looks ridiculous, but that's, that should be awesome. And then we have Team uh, Shotzi versus Team Candice. So we have, let's see if I can pull it out of my ass here. We have Shotzi Blackheart, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and I can't. Who's the fourth one? I'm not going to get it, so. Nope. Oh, versus Team Candice LeRae. <laughs> Candace... <laughs> God, who was the Oh, Ember Moon. Oh, there you go. Ember oh, Moon, Io Shirai, Shotzi Blackheart, and Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, who went heel last week. The tall girl, Rebecca Gonzalez. <laughs> Man, I should have wrote these down. I wrote Team Candace going, I'll know who they are. Luckily, nobody's still listening to us. <laughs> and there's a fourth person that's in that match that's there doing something. Hey, I applaud you for being able to name all those people without any paper or assistance. Oh, Chris, I'm pulling so. them out of my ass here yeah, real quick. You are just saying things to say them right now. And I'm pretty sure Rebecca <laughs> Gonzalez is not the right thing. Anyway. Raquel Gonzalez. Okay. But... Th- all of it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a great it's, show to watch. Yeah. 
NXT always delivers. And then Corey, I asked that in the beginning, right. so I'm going to ask you at the end for anybody, like I said, if I didn't run anyone off of that rant there, not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wrestling factions. Who, what, what's a unknown or, like, think back, what faction, what was one of your favorite factions? Don't think about DX, NWO. Like, Ed started talking about right to censor. So, and I know I'm just, this is all, all 100% off the cuff. But just, I talked about factions on, on the last episode, kind of given a history and talking about unknown factions because Retribution and the Hurt Business seem like they're teasing breakups and this, that, and the other. So just a faction. What's a, what's a faction memory you have? Do you have one? Um, I'm going to go with a Million Dollar Corporation. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. The Million Dollar Man's uh, squad yeah, yeah. of people. Yeah. I think that's what he called them. Is that I think so. A corporation. It was the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah, because the 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 thing that really stood out about, and, and this goes back to the, uh, let's see, that would be the uh, early to mid-90s, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along that line. But the, but the cool thing was, if you look at some of the people that were part of the Million Dollar Squad faction, I mean, nobody, like, really went together. Like, they were all very distinctive personalities, like... You had, um, I think, King Kong Bundy was in yep. there at one point. Tatanka. Yeah. Tatanka, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, IRS. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, but Virgil was on and off, too. Oh, yeah, he was on and off. But, but, the, but the cool thing was, like, anybody that was on this squad, man, really had some big pushes at certain points. You know, you had uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Did the thing with Lawrence Taylor, uh, Tatanka? I think with Tatanka when he when he went heel, I think that was a bigger push for him than anything else. Uh, besides his little undefeated streak, mm-hmm. um, but but the cool thing was it's just it was um, it was a, a team that like when you look at it, you're like, okay, this probably isn't going to work, but to me, it did. And I think part of it is just Million Dollar Man is a, is a good salesman. I think he, he can sell it right. And that that was a, a, a fun time period with me with a, a particular faction. And I'll just say IRS was the heart and soul of the Million Dollar Corporation. He always was the heart and soul. And uh, that's, a, that's a testament to his character building. And obviously his son has the same character building too. So. And then, Corey, do you remember a faction called X Factor. Yeah. Uh, that was X Pac. I, I hate you guys. I hate you guys was, so uh, much. Albert. <laughs> that was okay, it's X Pac, it was Albert, and it was Test. No. Or am I wrong? Just incredible. Really? Yes. This is I just hate... Test was in tits and ass with Trinidadis. <laughs> <laughs> You better look it up. X Pac had a group called. Tess was also in the union. <laughs> oh, the sure union! Was a slap in the face. That was a one-week stable. That was when yeah. like uh, Vince came out wearing a wife beater and a two by four, and <laughs> yeah, it was very random. Yeah, it was Big so, Show, so... Ken Shamrock, Test, and Mankind were yeah. the union. 
<laughs> Hold on, let's go back to this X Factor. So it was just incredible and who? Yeah, it was just incre- just incredible, X Pac and Albert. You were right. You just had Oh, Pop. I had the okay, so I had and some. They came out to okay. an Uncle Cracker song, Corey. Damn it, that was gonna be my next question was who sang their theme song? <laughs> Sorry. I ruined it. I would have got that right anyway. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's the three of them. I have the the theme song is playing when i looked it up to see who sang the theme song i could see just incredible but yeah i forgot i did i forgot they were a group at all so when i uh, was looking up factions doing research for the last show i was like what the hell's x factor and i was like oh my god they were around for six months and you guys remember huh you guys are better than me it's okay i'll be honest with you i mean until you like said that phrase i i've never <laughs> thought about that faction in probably since they they, they did it yeah, 100%. So, so you just triggered a, a deep part of my memory. Nostalgia. Corey's overflowing with nostalgia. Yeah. Yep. You guys got anything else? No. No. I, I, I'm good. I think I've talked a lot about wrestling, and I'm happy that I was able to get involved in it again and watch a really good show in this Dynamite. So. Yeah, it was a great show. Great show to welcome back. I'm glad you guys were able to come in here so we could talk about some wrestling. Next week, we'll have an Impact to talk about because apparently we need to watch Impact now and hate ourselves even more. And I don't even know if I can watch Raw just because if i got to watch Impact and Dynamite, man, I, I don't have to. Raw starts off the week terrible for me most times. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to watch any wrestling. <laughs> After Monday, I'm usually beat. But we got a lot of wrestling, a lot of great stuff to talk about, and I'm glad that you guys were able to come out, as well as all the yes tonight that were able to come out. Woo-hoo. But make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. Hit us up with those reviews. We're looking for how many stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. That's what I like to hear. Five stars three times. Get us some reviews. Helps the show out a lot and helps boost those numbers so we can get more sponsors than just me talking about podcasts. You guys are tired of hearing about that. Let's get, don't you want to listen to some Whataburger, some Pizza Hut, some cell phone? I mean, I can go for a burger. Yeah, right. So come on, let's get those reviews so we can get better and more advertisers that isn't just me reading a script. Outside of that, <laughs> shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. Nobody's still here except for the three of us. Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure when we get together. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs>